Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Welcome, everybody. It's good to have you here. I believe God's got a word for you. I really do. I believe God has a word to encourage you in your faith and uh, for you to live for God and go forward in the things of God. Now, in the last season, you know, some of us prophetic types, whatever, we're always wanting to sort of sense what God's doing. You know, what's God doing? What's God saying in this hour? And uh, there's been a lot of people doing that. Um, again, I, I believe that's part of our spiritual heritage. The Bible does say that we should be able to be sensitive to the times and seasons and sort of recognize what God's doing. Um, that doesn't come just because you're a Christian. It really comes because you're you're seeking God and you're asking questions and you're you're going through things. The Bible says, you know, when people prophesy in church, well, uh, judge the prophecy. It's not talking about a demeaning, pointing your finger at somebody, bad prophecy. You know, it's more like, is that the Lord? You know, what was being said in there, and and uh, what was that? What was God saying? That kind of thing. So um, anyway, we're always supposed to be hearing God, and a lot of people are hearing some or, or sensing that there's going to be some great things happening. Uh, this happens partly through sensing things, partly through dreams and you know, having experiences where you believe God's communicating with you. And I've, I've had those things happen to me. I've had some very, very extremely clear dreams that happened like just the way I dreamed them. And there's no way I would have known about those things ahead of time. Uh, there's no way I would have dreamed about those things and they happened so precisely afterward. So, just for those of you who are unaware or you've not been accustomed to spiritual things, um, God still speaks through dreams and he still inspires us. But anyway, a lot of people are believing we're getting ready to have the greatest move we've ever had, that the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out, that more people are going to be saved than anybody in our life, anyone in our lifetime has ever seen. And uh, I can just say, I, I really do believe that's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen in my lifetime. In fact, I would say it's probably already started because I can see the evidence a little bit of that beginning. I, I see the hunger in people's hearts. I, I see people wanting to go toward God more and wanting to learn more about God and wanting to uh, grow in God more. So I believe that's of the Lord, and God has already begun doing this, and I do believe it's just going to continue to increase and swell. I believe part of the new design of what God's doing in church is, is going to be a, a part of the picture. I don't know what God's coming up to, what we're going to end up looking like. I don't just mean we, our church. I mean the whole body of Christ. But I can tell you, whenever we end up being what God wants us to be, it's going to be good. God's going to show up where people are come together. Uh, people are going to want to be together. And there's going to be an, an amazing thing hap that happens in that day. You know, if you look through history, you see there, there are these periodic moves of God that bring people in the, from where they were to something new, and they often look like they're coming out of a season of dryness. But what's happening is, I believe God's doing something in those seasons of dryness. The roots of many people are going down because it looks like it's not raining, it's not so easy. You got to press in to get God, and then and then the outpouring comes. So I believe that's happening. And I want to mention this too. Last week I said that you know I mentioned this verse that God does this where he makes the last first and the first last. I've thought about that, and it's really been on my mind. Even as I say it now, it just seems so alive to me. And I believe God is speaking that. After I said that this past Sunday, I believe it's been four times 
that I've either heard somebody say that scripture or I read where somebody wrote that scripture in a teaching or something, and I wasn't seeking that out. And it's just like that just kept coming to my attention. And I believe that's getting ready to happen. I believe that many people that have been on the back burner, many people that seem to have been forgotten, overlooked in the last place, and, and it looks like you've not necessarily done anything that, to get in the last place. But I believe God's looked at you and God has seen where you are. And God's going to bring many that are last and bring them up to the front. And I just love to see God do that. And you know what I love to? I love to take, I love to see when God takes nobodies and makes somebodies out of nobodies. You understand what I'm saying? We're all nobodies in a sense, but you know what I mean. Where God takes the common people and uses them in very uncommon ways. And I believe that's what we're going to see. God's going to take common people, use them in uncommon ways. And when he does that, I love it because God gets the glory. And you're just scratching your head laughing at, at the joy of seeing God use someone like that. It's a great thing. Now, there are also a lot of other people having dreams that I would call them like warning dreams. You know, uh, be prepared dreams. Um, they're rocky times ahead kind of dreams. Now, I don't think that that means that one group of these people is right and one group's wrong. I mean that these two things may very well be coming together. And I just want to say this about, about that second group of people. You don't have to be too prophetic to, to recognize when there are dark clouds out that you don't have to take an umbrella. It might rain. Is that right? You remember that Jesus told the Pharisees, he goes, you can't discern the signs of the time, but you can discern the clouds. I think that's interesting. They were able to recognize certain kinds of natural things. And I mean, today, there are even so many natural things without even looking at these prophetic dreams these people are having, which we could get into, but I won't today. I mean, there's just so many things naturally that are happening. And I just want to, to hit, them, hit a few things for you to see. And I want you to be careful as I'm saying these things because... A lot of times we can get a warning from God and we get all upset about it. In fact, we let the warning uh, discourage us. I can remember years ago, um, I started getting all these warnings about things that were going to happen. And uh, in the process of time, I began to worry about it, not trying to worry about it. I began to feel the pressure of it. And looking back at all those things, they actually happened. Those, those negative things happened. But when I looked back, the worst thing that happened was my worry. God brought me through everything, and I believe he spoke those words to me to encourage me so that I would be prepared and realize when I'm going through what I'm going through, okay, God knew this was going to happen. God already got it in control. God's going to see me out of this. And many times, I believe when God gives a warning, it's not because he wants his people to be afraid. That's the most ridiculous thing ever. But we take it like that sometimes, and that's our fault, not the Word's fault, not the Holy Spirit's fault. So we need to be able to hear from God and rise up in faith and be prepared for whatever thing that the enemy might bring us, because we shall prevail and we shall overcome. Amen? Anyway, so what are some of the things? I mean, you everybody knows this, but the funny thing is, it's, it's starting to happen. We get used to it, and then, and then something worse happens, and then we get used to it. But, you know, just some of the things you're probably already aware of. Used cars. How much did they go up? 30% last year. I was looking at a car just out of curiosity. I wasn't going to buy it. But it's uh, just a one new car. If you bought it new at uh, the beginning of last year, you could have sold it 
used a year later for the same price because that's how much car values went up. Food prices, how many of you have been paying more for your food, right? Prices are really going up, aren't they? I mean, it's no joke. I saw the other day, I think that the, 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 the big star of food, in, you know, the price increase is eggs. I saw eggs have gone up 161%. Whoa, that's way up, right? Meat's way up. Everything's way up. There's other things that are hard to get right now. Um, there have been empty shelves. There are periods when there's more empty shelves. There's some kinds of products where that's not there like it used to be. People are starting to worry about food shortages. I don't think I've ever heard, now I've heard some kind of people, you know, spiritual people like, hey, they're going to be, you know, food shortages, whatever. But I don't think I've ever heard it in the news. But now more news people are going, well, there might be food shortages. Oh, you know, this is sort of bizarre what's going on. The president, our president even mentioned that. And he said, you know, uh, the food shortages are very real, you know. And, of course, I keep I mentioned this before to people. I can't remember if I said it here or not. But, you know, the Ukraine provides 40% of the world's um, uh, wheat. And they didn't plant the wheat crop this year, which you'll see the results of that for a few more months. Um, so there's a whole lot of things like that. You know, uh, I can go on and on. And what about baby formula? I mean, that's not even because of a shortage. That's because of some other crazy thing happening. You just look around and go, you know, these things are bizarre. Some of these things are bizarre. Do you take a time to ever back up and go, wait a minute, look at the whole picture. Why is, are these random kind of things happening in so many different dimensions? It looks to me like a perfect storm is brewing and if something doesn't blow it out of the way, there's a storm coming. And I believe what God would want us to do is not to be afraid, but to trust in him. I do see other things working. I do see God working too. And I know that's going to happen. I believe God's going to intervene just like many are seeing. But I'm just saying I won't be surprised if we go through some very significant, difficult times. Amen? Amen. I just want to say, I am not discouraged about difficult times like I used to be years ago. I've been through some things. I've been through some trials. And now when, I, when you talk about difficult times, I'm like, I know I'm going to make it. God's already taken me through difficult trials. I know that. And I want to convey that to you today. You're going to make it. You're going to prosper. You're going to do well. Nothing will hold you back. Nothing will hold you down. And your biggest problem will always be yourself. It'll be your worries, your doubts, and your fears. If you will overcome worry, doubt, and fear, you'll have an amazing season no matter how difficult things get because you'll always know there's something good on the other side. You know, I, I heard this guy, he's a, he's a jokester. What do you call him? Uh, anyway, some kind of stand-up comedian, Mark Lowry. I heard him talking the other day, and he was, he was saying um, he was in a boat. I wish I could remember the name of the pier he was on. It's a funny name. I think it's called something like Hurricane Allen or something like that. And ironically, a, a hurricane or some kind of huge storm went through, and he's in that boat. And um, he was telling about how terrible it was. Everything was getting thrown everywhere. 
he was getting thrown from one side to the other side in, inside that boat, the yacht. And um, so he was talking about, you know, he's screaming and he goes, um, he gets up the next day and the boats, other boats are overturned. He said, um, you know, when I went through that, I was screaming, but looking back, if I had known I was going to make it through, I could have actually had fun. <laughs> he said, that would have actually been fun if I'd known I was going to make it through and live through it. And that is so true. If you know you're going to make it through in the middle of whatever you're going through, you can actually go to and enjoy it because you go, hey, this is, can you believe that happened today? But well, I'm getting over this. And we're just going to have to see how God's going to do what God's going to do. So I just want to encourage you in that. Fear not. Don't be discouraged. No matter how bad things get, no matter, I don't know whether things are going to get worse, but I'm just saying if they don't change, it's going to get worse. That's the direction we're going in. But you're going to go not from where you are to worse. You're going to go from strength to strength. Amen. It says this in the word, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. It means when you're going through difficult times, when you go through times and you feel like you don't make it, if you keep looking to God and resting in the Lord and spending time with God, you're going to have your strength come back to you and you're going to be made stronger. It says, the ones who wait on the Lord and trust in God shall not fear. Jeremiah 17 says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It doesn't wither or fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green, and it has no worries, even in a year of drought. Let me read that. The person who trusts in the Lord will be like a tree planted by the water. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green, and it has no worries even in a year of drought. Amen? Yeah. That is us. Even when things are difficult, even when things look bad, those that trust in the Lord are going to prosper. Their leaves are going to be green. They're going to be blessed. They'll have unusual situations, but it's because they're connected with God. Now, I want to encourage you with this right here. This verse isn't just saying it's just a random because you're a Christian. No. Those that trust in God, it's their lifestyle. They've been living that way. If you've been trusting in yourself, how hard you can work, how much you can save, how much you can do this, how much you can do that, you're going to have it difficult if hard times come your way. But if you've been putting your trust in God, if you've been believing God, if you've been learning how to rest, like we were talking about last week, and not take on the burdens of this world, what you have been learning right now is going to go with you into your next season. Amen? Amen. And I would encourage you all, learn to walk in faith now. It's a lot easier to learn to walk in faith in shallow water than to be thrown out in the middle of the ocean. You can learn both ways, but I, it's better to learn right now. Amen? I thought of that many times, you know, God likes to train us and teach us. He lets, he'll teach us in the shallow water. But once you learn how to use your faith, the same principles of shallow water 
work in deep water. Amen. So what you learn in small trials, same principles work in big trials. You might have to hunker down more. There might be a lot more waves, but you know how to swim. You know how to use your faith. You know how to rest. You know how to get to a place of victory. You know how to go from where you are, where you're broken down, to where you need to be, which is a place of victory and power and strength. Amen? Amen. And it says, those people who trust in God in difficult times shall not be moved. I love that. What it means is you've taken your stand. You're believing in God. You're not being moved. You're not being buzzed. You're not being pushed around. The winds come. You know, in James, y'all know there's a verse in James where it says, the person who doubts, what's he like? The person who doubts is like the person tossed to and fro by the storms, right? But the person who believes, the storm comes. He's strong. Same thing in Luke chapter 6. said, the person who's been listening to God, doing what God says, the winds come. He stands strong. His house doesn't fall. Right? And it says this in Psalm 125. Those that trust in the Lord, those who put their trust in God in the middle of storms, those who trust in God for what they're going through, for what they're getting ready to go through, they're going to be just as secure as Mount Zion. Now, you don't think of a mountain being moved in a storm. Could you imagine a hurricane so big that it takes a mountain up and moves? A, no, it's not going to happen, is it? It says, those that trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved or cannot be shaken or destroyed. It endures forever. So, I just want to encourage you today, wherever you are, Put your trust in God in whatever situation you're in. Is it small? Maybe you think it's not a big deal to not deal with your worries. Oh, no, you need to deal with those worries. If you don't deal with the little worries, what are you going to do when the big worries come? You see, you need to learn how to walk in faith, and you need to trust God, because I guarantee you he will take care of you, he's going to strengthen you, and he's going to be with you. Now, I want to go through this story of a man named Daniel. Um, he was a, he became a prophet. He, God used him as a prophet, but, uh, we, I want to see just a few elements of his life and how he grew in his faith, because I believe they'll inspire us and teach us how can we be men and women of God and how can we grow in our faith? Now, Daniel was a, just a simple guy. He's just as normal as you and I, if, he were in this room, he wouldn't glow, and we wouldn't go, oh, that's a man of God. The Bible shows us people like Daniel, like Elijah, whatever in the Old Testament, they're just like we are. They have the same nature we have, right? But look at what happened with Daniel. Daniel got breakthroughs with God. Daniel um, began to have experiences with God. Daniel began to receive amazing words from the Lord. Daniel touched God's heart, and God used him in an amazing way. And all along the way, you'll see where Daniel starts out with some difficulty, and it's actually the difficulty that, that moves Daniel and makes him a great man. For most people, there's this saying that if you're following the Lord, 
almost every man of God or woman of God goes through a defining trial, a defining moment. I believe that can be true where there's a, a particular trial God uses to shape you, to prepare you for what you're going to do in life. And it's so important that we walk with God through the process so that God can develop us through those trials and make us what he needs us to be so that we can become that and do what God's called us to do. And I believe that God has those kinds of situations for everyone. The funny thing about Daniel is he's got like many different amazing trials, okay? I mean, I'm just going, wow. Okay, so Daniel starts out, they're brought into captivity. You know, so Israel is brought, they're, they're like slaves, captives to Babylon, sort of. And um, he's there. And they call him, you're going to serve as a wise man. We're going to train you. You look like, you know, you'd be a, a, a wise guy. So uh, we're going to train you. So they brought him in to be trained, to be knowledgeable in literature and wisdom and putting two and two together, uh, you know, philosophically, that kind of thing, and to understand a lot of different things. So when you go in that program, they have a special way you're supposed to learn, special way you're supposed to do this, that, et cetera, et cetera, and even special foods you're supposed to eat. Um, so for some reason, Daniel says, you know, he was supposed to eat the king's food and drink the king's wine. And he goes, I am not going to do that. I can't do that because it would be contrary to what God wants me to do. It's, con it's sin for me. This is, this is against God's law. Now, I don't know what kind of food. Maybe there were pork chops. I don't know what kind of food it was. He's a Jew. Um, I don't know, you know, uh, about the wine. He, you know, but he's like, I can't do that. They do that. That's against God and against my faith. So um, he could have easily thought, you know what? If, if I don't do this, this Nebuchadnezzar guy, they'll kill me. It's like, if you, you, and in that culture, and at that time, if you don't do what you're supposed to do and what the king's telling you to do, you're very likely going to get put to death. Okay, so he's risking himself here by saying no. And I just think that's such a huge key to this man and to the faith that God's getting ready to develop in him. The first thing I want you to make note today and notate on your notes there is radical commitment is the very first key you need if you want to build a great faith. It's the step to greatness. So ask yourself, am I a fair weather believer? Do I serve God when it's easy, when it's nice? Or am I willing to go the extra mile? Am I only going to serve God and do what's convenient? Or am I going to rise up, get out of bed, so to speak, and do what God wants me to do and go the extra mile? When you commit to go that extra mile, God commits himself to you. It's amazing. There's something about that radical commitment that brings God on your side. The Bible says in the Old Testament, God, his, his eyes are always going throughout the earth, seeking whose heart is completely his. 
so that he might get behind them and support them in what they do. I want you to think about that. God's eyes, there's a picture of God looking and searching for someone whose heart is completely his. And when he says, when he finds that, I believe God looks through all the church, all the believers, but I believe that the ones that say, my heart's completely God's, to God, they shine. He goes, oh, I found one right there. He says he's looking for those to support. Why? He loves to get behind those whose hearts are completely his. The first key to being great in God, to fulfilling your purpose, be absolutely committed. God will see that. I don't mean just be intended, just don't intend to be committed. I mean, be committed. Do what a committed person ought to do. Many people will say, oh, I'm absolutely committed. But if you look at their lives, you go, really? How does it show? Oh, it's just in my heart. Oh, how about what? I mean, does, what does it have to do with church? Or how about your prayer life, your devotional time? I mean, you can list a whole bunch of things like there ought to be some evidence of your commitment. If there's commitment there, amen? amen. I just love this. That he's able to go, you know what? I am not going to do that. It wasn't easy to say that, but he's making a commitment. Now, when you make a commitment to God, your faith gets ignited and you're getting ready to go on a faith journey, by the way. Because God's going to, God, that's precious to God. He's going to take you and you're getting ready to have some adventures down the road, amen? So, amen. I don't know if I'm going to adventure <laughs> So, okay, um, similarly in this same statement, um, I, just, I just want to emphasize here that when you honor God, God will honor you. When you greatly honor God, God will greatly honor you. This is so interesting. After Daniel and the other men were trained, and Daniel's not eating the meat, in fact, because of his faith, all he could eat was the vegetables and the water, you know, another, you know, and it wasn't because he believed in being a vegetarian. Again, we don't understand what the king, what they did to their food where he thought it wasn't right for him to eat it. But um, at the end of the time when they were being trained, they went through what we might call an exam of sorts. They were all tested. And it says that Daniel and the other three young men that were following and working with Daniel, they, they also wouldn't eat that food. It says those four men were ten times better than all the others. I want you to think about that. Why were these men ten times better than all the others? It wasn't because it was the food that made them better. It wasn't, you know, so so I just think that would be funny. I could imagine the guy who tested him go, hey, we need to serve everybody vegetables. That's not what did it. It was because that part of their lives where they were asked to do it this way, they were asked to compromise, they go, no, I'm going to do it this way. That part of their lives that they had committed to the Lord and honored him with, he honored him back. Do y'all see that? He honored 
them back. And that's why they were 10 times smarter. I will encourage you in this, whatever you give to God and whatever you honor God with, God will honor you back. So what should you honor God with? These are the things you always hear, right? Honor him with your time. I would just encourage you, be a part of church. You know, spend time with God daily. Have a day, uh, a, you know, a day of rest every week. Give, give God your time. You should honor God with your finances. Finances are a huge, huge part of anybody's life. We work to make finances. Most of us, you know, at least five days a week, right? And uh, what does Solomon say about that? Honor the Lord with the first. And by the way, God always likes for you to give him the first and the best. You might think, oh, it doesn't matter to God. Oh, no. God wants the first and God wants the best. And he notices when you give him the first and the best. And he said to Solomon, Solomon said this, Honor God with the first of that which God gives you, so that your barns will always be filled. What he's saying is, when you honor God with the first, God brings the blessing on the rest. Amen? Amen. So, there's that, and I would just say also with your gifts, with whatever God's gifted you with, you know, what, whatever ability you have, somehow you should honor God with that. Uh, most of the time, your gifts aren't just for your work. They, sometimes I understand that it might look like that. But um, God gives us things to be a blessing to other people. He blesses us to use our gifts to be a blessing to others. Yes. Now, let me go. I want to go to Daniel's second text. All right? This is a crazy text. But Nebuchadnezzar, this really shrewd, I mean, he was like a very evil king. He did some crazy things in his time. Um, he tells the wise men, I had a dream, guys, uh, and it really bothers me. So I want you to tell me what I dream, and I want you to tell me the interpretation. And what do you think, what would you say in that situation? All of you Christians, what are you going to say? Wait a minute. First of all, Tell me the dream, and then I'll tell you the interpretation. That's what they said. All of them said that. No, you got to tell me the dream first. How can I interpret it if you don't tell me? And he goes, no, I'm not going to tell you the dream. I want you to tell me the dream. And I think he was thinking, that way I'll know you're getting something because this dream was spiritual. I, I know it was special. And by the way, look, God gave the dream to Nebuchadnezzar, an evil man. Do you not think God still gives dreams to his children? Yes, he does. Anyway, so Daniel hears about this. He wasn't there evidently when the king first asked this question. He hears about it. It looks like from the scriptures that the king had already started killing these wise men because they weren't going to give the answer. Well, before they killed Daniel, they got to Daniel, and Daniel goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, let me go talk to the king. So he asked Give me time. And he's pretty much saying, give me time, and then I'll give you your answer. I really love that. I love the confidence that we have, that he, that he has. And I believe this confidence grew. If you look later, you'll see these three See these three other guys that we mentioned earlier. They're with Daniel. And if you look at the story here, you realize they're all praying together. 
And later they have this trial and they do something that I, I just love. And it's a very similar kind of thing. They, uh, you know, they're asked to bow down to worship this idol and they won't bow down. You know, Nebuchadnezzar's like, bow down or I'm going to throw you in the fire. And they, they're like, we're not going to bow down. Let me tell you, they got that from these kind of experiences. They got that boldness and courage. And they said, we are not going to bow down and God will deliver us. That is extreme confidence. And they said, and even if he didn't, we're still not going to bow down. But I want to just emphasize, these are men that know their God, and they are boldly confessing that God is going to come through for them. Daniel's like, give me, a, give me some time. You get your answer. These guys, what are they like? Hey, God's going to deliver us. But even if he didn't, we wouldn't bow down. We'd rather go through the fire and burn to a crisp than disobey our God. Wow, that is powerful, amen. Now, I just want to bring another point out of this. If you want to make it, you've got to begin declaring words of faith boldly and confidently. God is going to come through for me. God is going to help me. God will be my strength. There's so many scriptures that you need to learn how to quote, and you need to speak them in every difficult situation and every problem you go through. You need to hold on to God, and you need to say, God is with me. If God's with me, who can be against me? God is going to help me. He promised he would always be with me and never forsake me. And he says, I am an overcomer through him and I can do all things. I'm not going to give in to the lies that are trying to bring me down. I'm not going to start thinking about all this negativity. I've got my mind on God. I recognize their clouds, but God's going to be like my umbrella, so to speak, in whatever situation I go through in life. Amen? Amen. I'm not going to worry about things. Man, I, I love these, these kind of things. And Joshua and Caleb did the same thing. He, they spoke that same kind of word. Do you remember there at what looked like to them like their worst trial? Then they've got all these, all these giants in the promised land. And what did Joshua and Caleb do? They stand there and go, we can do this. And everybody else is going, impossible. Impossible. Just like they did back there with Daniel. You, you know, Oh, it's impossible. You can't get this word. Oh, this is impossible. No, you, you can't hear this. It's impossible. You know, but what did they say? They said, no, it's not impossible. God's able to do this. Joshua and Caleb had a word of faith and a word of confidence, and that's what brought them into the promised land because they stood and boldly confessed, God is going to see me through this. Yeah. Amen? Sometimes we, and I'm guilty of this sometimes too. Sometimes we can have a mindset when there are difficulties of, oh, I'm going to make it. Oh, I'm going to hold on to God. That just reminded me. I, was, I used to work at a Christmas tree lot when, when I was serving in another church. They had this Christmas lot. And, uh, you know, you'd serve there. And, and that was a fundraiser for their campus ministry and things like that. So I was working there one day, and they've got these spikes where you stick the tree on them. Spikes were there about that, about that long, I guess. And they've got all of these uh, strong ridges on them. So when you put the, you drill a hole in the bottom of the tree, you stick the hole. I mean, you, you, then you stick the tree on that hole, and it holds it up. 
Well, one day I was unloading trees off the truck and I had a, I had a big tree and I was getting ready to fit it where you're going to put holes in the bottom of it. And there was one of those spikes in front of me that didn't have a tree on it. And so I'm going like that and I stepped right on that spike with that heavy tree. Oh, man. Oh, my gracious. Went through my foot. I mean, I mean, it was like, ouch, right? So I'm sitting down, and I remember, I'm going, I don't feel like praying right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you feel a certain way. It's hard to rise up in faith right then. And so there was another guy from the church, and I'm like, his name was David. Like, David. David. He's looking at me like, like this. I'm like, pray for me. <laughs> And David puts his hand on me and goes, Oh, no. I'm like, no, David, not like that. Not it's, but it's like, um, anyway, sometimes we can pray and not be in the spirit of faith in what we're doing, right? We can be looking at our situation and it's so big, you know, that we're, we're um, overwhelmed by it. But uh, Joshua and Caleb goes, they go, we can go through this. We shall. We shall overcome. Everybody else, we can't do it. But we went in. Joshua and Caleb went in because they were saying that. We're going to go in. We're going to make it. Sometimes you don't feel like it. You don't have to feel like it to say that. If it's a word and it's in the Bible and you are standing on something that God says, it doesn't matter whether you feel like saying that or not. You say it because the Word of God says it. You're agreeing with the Word. Yes. You're not agreeing with your feelings. Yes. And I like these other people that they realize maybe a difficult time might be coming, and they're even confessing things in advance of something that might happen. Look at this. God's our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we won't fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be cast into the sea. The earth wasn't removed. The mountains were cast into the sea. But he say, if something like that ever happens to me ahead of time, I'm saying it right now. I will not doubt God. I will not disbelieve. I will keep trusting in God. And God will see me through whatever I go through. And you need to have a confession now for whatever might happen. And you make a decision now. Come what may, I'm going to believe God. Come what may in this earth, I'm going to trust God, and God's going to see me through. Amen? Amen? And that's what he said there. And then it says, and then God spoke back after he goes, no matter what happens, I'm going to believe. And then, and then there's a prophecy, and he says, be still and know that I'm God, and I'll be exalted in the nations of the earth. Praise God. When, when you are still, be still. When, is, when are you supposed to be still? When everything in you wants to be anxious. When you want to worry, when you're all frustrated, something's not going right. Be still. Calm down. Put your trust in God. Rest. And then know that I am God. I love it when Moses and all these people, they're all frustrated at the Red Sea. He says, be still. And when they were still, then he says, go forward. I think that's funny. But you can't go forward until you're ready to be still on the inside. Amen? So many of us want to go forward, want to go forward out of anxiety, out of something that's driving us. God says, be still, that's not how I work. Calm down, that's not how I work. 
Be still, and then you're going to go forward. Amen? Be still and know He's God. Rest. I tell you, whatever you're going through, whatever you're believing through, I encourage you today, rest in God. God wants to do something bigger than you. And until you rest, until you learn to trust, it'll never come to pass. Because God wants to use you to make it come to pass. God wants to develop your faith and use you as a tool. He didn't have to do it that way. He decided to do it that way. Amen? Amen. He loves to have those that will work alongside him. And he's treating us and teaching us to rule and reign with him. Praise God for that. So be confident in God and declare God's going to be with me no matter what I go through. God did give him the answer, by the way, to that dream. And guess what happened? He got promoted. And that is a sign to me. When you will stand through the storms that come your way, God will not only quell the storms, God will use whatever storm you have been through to promote you, to increase you, and to bring you to, an, to a new level. That is absolutely true. It happens in history over and over with the people of God. Everybody goes through trials, but when a believer goes through trials and he uses his faith and he trusts in God, he grows in an amazing way, and God uses that trial to prepare him for the next thing coming so he will be able to stand even in greater situations. Amen? Amen. Then I'll encourage you in something else. you got to use this lesson here to understand a lot of things, right? You have to stretch your faith way beyond what you're used to believing God for if you want to you have great faith. You can't just go, oh, I just want to do something. I've seen somebody else. I just want to do it. Yes, but I want to encourage you. Stretch your faith for things way beyond where your boundaries are. Do you realize Daniel had never probably had a supernatural encounter that we know of before this time? He'd never heard God before like this. He's never had this thing happen. In fact, this kind of thing where somebody tells you the dream and then interprets it had never happened. Moses had never done it. You know, uh, Elijah, you know, all these people, they hadn't heard a dream and then interpreted it. It never happened before. Joseph, not having the spiritual experiences that we know of before, steps out on the limb. He needs a miracle. He needs God to do something he's never heard of God even doing before. And here he is, this little man with a nature just like your nature and mine, in a bad situation, and he decides, I'm going to believe God for a miracle. Man, I want to encourage you. God loves it when you're in a sticky situation and you need a miracle. And instead of going, God doesn't do that anymore. God's never done something like that before. I don't see anybody else doing that. I've never had experience like that. Instead of that, you'll go, God is God, and with God, all things are, in, are possible, and I'm going to believe God for that miracle because I need a miracle. And I want to encourage you today. Maybe some of you today need a miracle. And I want to ask you, what are you telling yourself? Are you going, it's impossible? No, God doesn't want to do this. It's not God's will. This or that. If David had said, if uh, Daniel had said that, guess what would have happened? He had died early. Hey, did y'all see that? Are y'all with me? Yeah. If Daniel had said that, he'd have died early. God still loved him. 
He'd still be present to the Lord. He'd still be absolutely committed. And he did not earn it. He believed God. And because he believed God, he got a miracle. Man, that's radical faith. If God's looking for people in this hour that will do radical things. You know, my God, oh, that's in Bible times. Well, we live in times where the Holy Spirit's been poured out. And the Bible says those Bible examples were just, just written for, our, for us to teach us, to encourage us, to give us some kind of inspiration. And you know what Daniel's story tells me? God can do things way beyond anything we've ever seen before or imagined before. Things that have not been written before. Things even other great men have never even done before. God will do whatever. And I want to encourage you today, believe God for your miracle. Wipe away all that doubt. The devil's a liar. He will use your flesh and your feelings, your sorrows, to just re-emphasize and re-emphasize the negativity. You're not going to make it. You're always going to be like this. You're always going to be sick. You're always going to be poor. You're always going to be whatever it might be. That's a lie from the devil. In fact, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that the lies of the devil would be exposed. And everybody listening to this message today, every lie of discouragement, every lie of sickness, every lie of religion, that is connected with religious tradition, but not according to faith in the Word of God. Lord, I break all of that right now, and I release everybody listening to faith today, faith to believe, faith to expect miracles, faith to cause what God put in them, whatever dream that is, to come to pass, faith to do the works of God, faith to lay hands on the sick and see people recover, faith to cast demons out of people, faith to progress in the gospel. God, I ask you this now. I claim it in Jesus' name. And Satan, I command you off and out of our territory in the name of Jesus. You cannot have us. You cannot stay in our territory just like Joshua drove you out. We are driving you out in the name of Jesus. All right, so stretch your faith. Keep stretching your faith. Then Daniel goes on another trial. Man, this is such an interesting one. I'll, I'll go so fast on this one, right? So to make a long story short, the king is in town, and he goes, nobody, uh, there's, a, there's a law that for such and such time, if anybody prays to anybody except to the king, uh, he's going he's gonna to be thrown into the lion's den. Now, by the way, have, have you ever, we've never seen somebody thrown to the lion's den, have we? Have you ever seen um Anything thrown to a hungry lion, and you know, um, that's something that if you see that, you don't want to be that which is being thrown to the lion. It's an ugly picture, right? And, um, what does Daniel do whenever they tell him that? He's got his rhythm. What does he do? He goes straight to his prayer time, he, and they know he's going to be there. That's why they did the law. The, the other guys got the law to be passed because they knew they could count on Daniel to pray. And they knew he wouldn't stop, even with a law to throw to the lion. That is phenomenal. Y'all see that? Most of the time today, if, you, if somebody would say, hey, those Christians are doing this, let's, say, let's have a law. They're going to go, well, they'll just not do it. They'll get around it. No, they knew Daniel wasn't going to do that. They'll go, hey, we can do a law. We can say the worst thing, and he'll still, he'll still go pray. I want you to think of that, who he was, who he had become, and his prayer life, his excellence in God. Man, I, and I love this. Just like they knew he would be, 
The person who goes and prays will be thrown into the lion's den right on time. He goes to his room to pray. Not only that, he opens up the windows. Man, I don't know what he felt like. I wonder, did he feel bad? Was he just walking in faith? Is it just because he's done this before? Now he's going to do it now? I don't know. And he goes up there, he opens up those windows. I'm not going to try to even hide this. I know they're after me. I know they've done this to bring me down. And what does he do? He prays. Let me tell you, I want, there, there are a couple of things I want to mention from there. First of all, you've got to get the negatives out of your mind to do what God wants you to do. If he had just been focusing on those lions, and he was thinking about the lions eating them, and he was thinking about the lions in their in space, you know, wasn't it, was it Escobar that um, down in, was he in Columbia? They used to feed, feed people to the sharks sometimes. I mean, that's the ugly kind of thought, right? I mean, just imagine people being thrown to sharks. I mean, do you ever think, I mean, some people are like, oh, it's just a picture of a shark eating me. Just that picture, I don't ever even want to go more than about a foot into the ocean. It's the picture of it that comes to their mind. It's like, oh, no. This picture, Daniel made a decision. I'm not even going to focus on that. I'm going to look to God. I want to just, this is so important. Whenever you're going through a trial, you need to know it's there, but you've got to take your eyes off of it then, and you've got to put your eyes on Him. If you start looking at the trial all the time, it's going to get bigger and bigger, and it will incapacitate you. When you see a trial, it might jolt you for a second, and it's okay that you see it. I just like I got those negative prophetic words from God. So I'm calling them negative. But then what you have to do is you got to ignite your faith. And you got to stay there with God. You remember one day Elijah, the great man of God, had a seed planted in his brain. A guy, he did this great miracle. Fire falls down from heaven. And the guy tells him, just what you did to all those prophets you killed, Jezebel is going to do to you. So like, it's going to happen. And it says, Elijah saw what he said. I believe that's a prophetic picture. He saw what the man said. He had an image of him dying like that. And it incapacitated him. This great man of faith became like a nobody. What did he have to do? He had to go and get restored. And I would say there's a lot of people today, you've been through some things and some things have hit your mind. And you've been through some experiences. And you've got some reactions where you need to have God restore you. But my that next point that I was mentioning is you have to not ever focus on the negatives. you got to focus on God. Don't examine the negatives. Don't try to figure them out. Sometimes I get a negative word, and I would look at it from like 25 different angles because I wanted to make sure I understood exactly how it was going to happen, right? And now I'm just going, that was all for nothing. All I needed to know was, that's going to happen, okay, I need to be ready for it. And when it happens, I go, okay, this is what God said. God's already got it in check, right? Lastly here, you got to get a rhythm in life. I believe one of the reasons why we're successful in growing in the Lord, or one of the reasons why Daniel did, is because he had a rhythm in life. Some people commit to the Lord, but they don't ever get a rhythm. They don't ever have a plan how they're going to follow the Lord. So they're like, um, you know, it's funny. 
we you know people used to go and they'd have people go say the sinner's prayer like oh it's done he saved the sinner's prayer well maybe he didn't even give his life to the lord you don't even know let's see if he walks it out how do you walk this thing out you got to have some kind of rhythm you, you ought to have the day of rest every day every week you ought to have time with god every day daniel had three times a day in fact all the the jews since then began to um mimic what daniel did and utilize that because they go hmm that's the god thing let's do that right so people after daniel use that three time a day prayer you got to have some kind of rhythm to your life and when you've got the rhythm in your life it causes everything to line up and it causes the other spontaneous kinds of things to happen daniel was one of the most systematized spiritual person and one of the most spontaneous at the same time. They go together. So I want to encourage you. If you don't have a rhythm to your spiritual life, you need one. You need to be in church every week if you can be there. You need to have a prayer life every day. It doesn't matter necessarily how long it is, but you just need to connect with God. You need to talk to God. You need to bring your petitions and your worries to God. I can't imagine not doing that every day, at least a little bit. You know, and someone was mentioning this past week, uh, she's gotten to the point, you know, just like she's just flowing in that all day. And I think that's that's an amazing thing. That's where we all ought to be. But it at least begin somewhere, and you just had your time with God, where you just bring everything before God and, and get into the Word somehow. It can be one verse, one proverb, whatever. Just do something to, to feed on God. If you do these things, I believe you'll be blessed. And this last trial, of course, y'all know what's going to happen. They threw Daniel in the lion's den. And there are all these lions. There had to be a lot of them. A whole lot of them. Not one of them touched him. And they were also hungry. I'm sure that his enemies made sure the lions were hungry that day. The next morning, Darius gets up. Daniel's alive. He's so happy. He pulls Daniel out. And guess who puts him in there? His enemies, the people that tried to bring him down, the other governors, but not just the other governors, the other satraps. There were like, there were probably like 50 some leaders and their children. That was, there was a lot of lions in there. Y'all see what I'm saying? And it's like before they even hit the bottom, they were gone. Those were hungry lions. I believe that says something through it to us. Also, when we go through trials and difficulties and we trust in God, we keep believing in God. We're not tormented. We're, we're flowing with God. We're not focusing on these things that would torment us. We're trusting in God. We're focusing there. And we go through that trial. God will not only preserve us. That word is so precious to me. God will preserve you through your trials, and God will use your trials to destroy your enemies that have been holding you back and that have been undermining you. And I'm not talking about people, so don't get excited about that. I'm talking about spiritual things. Father, we just want to thank you for today. God, we pray you bless us and bless our week. Lord, we, we pray. Lord, we'd have a mind that would be encouraged, a heart encouraged. Lord, we pray we'd be so connected to you in this hour, Lord. And 
Um, Lord, we do bless you today. We pray a blessing on every every person that's part of this family, every person that's in every group today. Lord, we pray your blessing. And God, we just ask you right now, Lord, for this new season uh, of empowerment. Empower us, God, and give us what we need to go forward in this hour. We thank you, Lord. Again, there's another shift again. And Lord, things are shifting. Help us to connect with that and to go forward. Lord, I pray for everybody in a trial right now. Everybody going through a hard time. God, I just pray right now that this word, I believe you spoke to various people today and you have quickened this word to them. Lord, I'm just praying for everyone that this that they would, so to speak, um, put, put this to task and that they would act on what you spoke to them and do something about it. Father, may they do something about it. And uh, Lord, for everyone that needs a miracle, Lord, we're in agreement for that. For everyone that needs encouragement, we thank you, Lord, that's coming. Lord, there are miracles coming, and I just encourage you, don't give up. Keep trusting God, your miracles coming. Just don't give up. Keep believing. Begin to speak those words according to what the Word of God says. There's a promise in the Word. Just speak it. Say it over and over. Get it in your heart. And Lord, we thank you, Lord God, you're going to give us what we need. And God, we're going to have everything we need to overcome every work of the enemy. And we'll run our race and finish our course, every one of us. Lord, we're not discouraged about what might come. Lord, we just say, like they've said many times, Lord, no matter what comes, we're not going to doubt. We're going to keep looking to God. Others may go down. A thousand may fall at my left. Ten thousand at my right. But God will preserve me. Amen. And God will preserve us. And Lord, we thank you for this now. In Jesus' name, amen.